Well, hello and welcome to the Ascent Academy podcast. My name is Brian and we have a very exciting show about to happen today. Uh, we have a special guest joining us. Before we get into that, let me give you an overview of what we're going to be really be focusing in on today. And what we're talking about is self-development and how important that is as an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting a new business or you're at that point in your business elevation where you're, you're looking at moving it to the next level. What does it take? What do you need to do as a leader, as the founder, as the entrepreneur, as the brain power behind those organizations to develop yourself, which then translates into growth, movement, and advancement. And obviously the most important piece is just general success for your business. And in this video, that's what we're really gonna be focusing in on today in this entire session. So joining me today, I have Randall Dobbins, Randall and uh, Bridget Kenny, who's my uh, my normal cohort here on the show, and we're going to dive deep into this. So let's get right into it. So starting off, uh, I want to ask all of us a question so we can kind of share that right off the bat so our audience gets a feel for what it is we mean by development things. So for each of you, well, name one thing that you've had to learn or a skill that you've had to develop or some knowledge that you've had to gain that you had no idea was even important or relevant when you started your entrepreneurial journey or Bridget with your nonprofit organization. Uh, I'll let you go first, Bridget, since ladies first. What would you like to share? Well, I'll say that I think I'm a people person. Well, I thought I was a people person, right? I have great social skills. I love to talk. I love people. Um, so going into a mentor program, First, before I went and you know, started my outreach program, I really felt like, okay, I can go and talk to girls, I can talk to students, I can talk to you know everybody because I'm a really talkative person. But what I didn't realize is that I had to sharpen my skills, my people skills and my communication skills because I was used to communicating with just a certain group of people, right? So in building my mentor program, I came across different types of girls with different types of parents. Um, and so and then I, you know, then I created this volunteer base. So I had also adults that I was was communicating with as well. So I had to build my, my uh, communication skills where I could talk with parents and they could um, from what our conversation, see how the importance of the mentor program. And also I had to learn how to deal with our, my volunteers or communicate with my volunteers on a professional level, um, even though we were personal friends. And so that was something that I had to learn how to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that, those are all very important parts of it. Rondo, uh, what about you? What would you like to share? I did not have a sense of my natural gifts and talents. And it created a situation where I was developing unhealthy traits. It was causing me a lot of stress trying to be good at things that I would never be good at. It mm. uh, caused me to chase after jobs and promotions that just weren't built for me. It, in business, it caused me to put together teams that would never succeed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, now that I have a really good sense of of uh, wh what I'm actually good at naturally, that allows me to be a lot more optimized and effective in building out my team, seeking out customers, making choices in relationships or business relationships and situations and customers that um, that that play to my strength, quite frankly, and the strength of the organization as a whole. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, and I think a lot of us can struggle with that initially is trying to get a complete sense of self and where your strengths, where your weaknesses are. And we're really going to talk a lot about that as we go through the day. Uh, that's a critical piece of it. For me, it was, um, I'm going to use the term storytelling or painting a picture of the vision, because a lot of the times as an entrepreneur that created mind, you have a lot of conceptual things in here, but getting that out so that the world can, and getting it out in a way that the world can grasp onto and can understand. So being able to express and tell your story, to, to uh, share your vision in a way that uh, people can latch onto it and, and want to be part of it and want to engage with it. Uh, so that was one of the things because uh, initially, I think a lot of us, when we talk about business, we talk about, or we look at it from the standpoint of wanting to see the numbers, you know, this is numbers, this and analytics, that and blah, blah, blah. So you, those are the things that you think matter when you start to, to show people your idea, your concept, where you want to grow, how you want to grow, what you want to do. So you're focused on that when really a lot of it is more of the picture that you paint, uh, the, the, the images that you can place in their minds from how you tell the story and what your goals and objectives and all those things are kind of resonate more. So getting comfortable being able to tell that story is a, is a big piece for me. Yes. Yeah. So with that said, let's let's get into it. Um, some of the things, you know, we talked about and, and, and a key part right there at the beginning was strengths and weaknesses, you know, and, and Bridget and I, we harp a lot on self-awareness. We talk a lot about self-awareness and, and the key components of that. So as, a, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's, you know, starting, running a business or in a serious leadership position, uh, that's a key part of it is understanding where your strengths and where your weaknesses lie. Um, and what, what would you like to share about that, Randall? Because I know we, we've talked uh, a little bit about this in the past. You know, it, it, it's, it's funny. I remember uh, one of my coaches in our workshop, he, he challenged us on something very early in the process. He had this, this um, a framework pyramid. And the first part was, are you building a business or building a hobby? Mm. Mm -hmm. And I had to think about that. Because it turns out I had started off in the entrepreneurial trap and the entrepreneurial trap is you lead with the product. You try and figure out what the product is and then you start figuring out, you, you know, how do you actually get the product to market, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, and, and, and interestingly enough, if you think about what most of us experience in the folklore and the, the tales that we're told, you, you know, it always kind of starts off that. So, you know, one person with an idea, so forth and so on. And so we also look at um, uh, law practices and um, medical practices, doctor's office and whatnot. And we have the epitome of what he refers to as a hobby. And he refers to it as a hobby. It's because you're limited in your growth. You know, you're, you're still trading hours for dollars. Mm -hmm. And his concept with building the business was the first thing you work on when you're building a business is your team. But we put ourselves in this trap that, well, I can't get a team until I have money. And then the business will flourish. And when you go back and you start looking at some of the, 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 the really successful companies like, um, uh, Microsoft, you see that there was um, uh, Bill Gates and um, Paul Allen. 
you see with Apple, it was uh, Jobs and Wozniak. You see there was Pitney and Bose. You see there was Hewlett and Packard. And you start saying, you, you know, you get the horsepower of a lot of people. Uh, and, and the idea being that as you build a team, you create a vision. And when all of the people are bought into the vision of what it is that this, this entity is going to create, then you actually have a business that's going to get beyond what you can do individually. It can get to 5 million, 10 million, a hundred million, a billion. And the significance of that being most of us start a business, not because it's about the hustle. It's it's we start the business because we want to get to a point where we're comfortable. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that comfort is something that we can use to create more impact in our communities we can create generational wealth you know if we do it right we can leave a legacy but we we're handicapped and that the first thing we think about is well i got to get this idea right and it's like no you need to get the team right mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely absolutely that, that that was one of the big learnings that i and deprogramming quite frankly that i had to go through because growing up the way I did, the way a lot of us did, it's like, you, you know, everybody that we saw were artisans. They were um, individual contributors. They built their business one brick, one step at a time. And to, to some of us, it's foreign to start with the concept of a team. Correct. Correct. Randall, thanks for sharing that. And, and while you have the mic, how about you go ahead, introduce yourself, give us a little bit of your background. Uh, obviously, you've, you've written a book, so a little bit about what that journey was like. And then uh, just a quick overview of uh, Diversity Consortium and, and how that all came together as well. Oh, certainly, certainly, certainly. Thanks for that. Uh, so like, you know, uh, everyone that's listening to us and you all, you know, we have a number of things in common. I was born at a young age of uh two parents <laughs> one with uh two x chromosomes and one with an x and y chromosome <laughs> and we're here <laughs> no a uh, little bit uh to be a bit more serious born in 1962 decatur alabama uh pre-segregation um my brother and i uh as i understand the story were two of three kids to uh integrate our school system in decatur and um, you could say if, if um, not second generation, arguably first generation, Dr. King's I Have a Dream Children. I've had a enormously successful professional career. Um, I've been at the top of the game corporate wise, working in uh, oil and gas and distribution in uh, IT. I've been uh, uh, in the supply chain organization, sales organization, um, architected, procured a pay processes, which will all come together in, in, in a moment for everyone. And uh, I've benefited from just once again, being, you know, extremely blessed, enormously successful to the point that I'm now in a pay it back phase in life. And the pay it back phase involves what does it really and truly require under um, uh, personal development and, and, and um, personal care, what does it really mean to be successful in the Fortune 500 supply chain if you look like me, if you are a woman, if you are LGBTQ, if you're a veteran, if you are disabled? 
Um, you, you know, how does that actually work? Is it a big boys club? Is it a white male club? Why does it seem like we can't really participate? And so what I do at the diversity consortium is uh, we actually work with the Fortune 1000. We work with their supply chain organization where we look at opportunities for diverse businesses that are actually looking to create generational uh, impact and create legacy businesses. Um, and we uh, also develop uh, those businesses, what we call XBEs, the X uh, implies all inclusive because some of the definitions exclude certain groups. So we talk about XBEs and provide them with a roadmap to actually be successful in this market. The cool thing about corporate contracts is uh, one, there's no limit to how many you can get in a year and there's no limit to how long they can go. I was talking to a friend of mine, he and his uh, wife started a company they got a contract with a major oil and gas company. It lasted for 15 years. Mm -hmm. So for me, the opportunity is just kind of share what it really takes to be successful in that space and help more of us drive innovation and create legacy. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that and welcome to the show. Um, Thank you. Glad to be here. Yep. And I, uh, I'm glad those chromosomes figured it all out and here you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to uh, jump into something here. And we had a, a comment come in from uh, one of our viewers, and they were basically referring back to what I was talking about with uh, sharing the vision. And, you know, I heard Amina's comment was, you know, she agrees with that. That's something I've I've developed uh, a skill with. And I do think it's important and it's relevant when you are sharing your story. Um, the passion that's behind it, the purpose that's behind it. And Bridget, Bridget's uh, buzzword is absolutely purpose. She talks about that a lot. Uh, you know what your purpose is, right? But there's a skill and an ability and a mindset and many things that fall behind being able to communicate that purpose so that you can drive that mission. And Randall, as you just mentioned a moment ago, which I thought was a, a great way to look at it, building a team. Right, because there's always this sense of I, it's my organization, it's my idea, this is the, the you know, it's my way out of the highway kind of attitudes. But you are right, the, there is that key piece of building a team. And I, I bring that in to go back to what we, uh, what I was mentioning a few moments ago when I was saying strengths and weaknesses. One of the things and one of the reasons I think there ends up being these teams is somebody in that was smart enough to say, I'm really good at this but I'm not so good at that. And how about I get somebody else on my, my blind spot? And we, and we originated a, a thing about that. Uh, that is good at that, right? And now we have this 360 degree circle of strength, right? Because you have someone else in that space, but it goes back to self-awareness, right? What is your, where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? And where can you find that other person to kind of complete that circle for you? And sometimes that's two people. Sometimes it's 10 people, right? You, you, you have to understand that piece of it too. Bridget, I'll let you jump in here because I know you, with your organization, it's been kind of you driving the bus, but I know you've also had some learnings with moving it from Northeast Texas to Houston and, and some other things. Well, Randall, first I want to say that your story is very encouraging, um, very motivating. I was like, what am I doing here in this space? But um, I, it was very motivating. I'll say 
with my um, program, well, first I've gone into the mentor program before I even stepped into the outreach um, component of building bridges. And so I had to identify my strengths and weaknesses, especially because I wanted to save the world when I first went into this, right? You know, I just wanted to do this. I was going to do this. And did not knowing that I really didn't have skill set to do some of those things. And I couldn't serve support boys and girls in the same um, areas that I wanted to. So I had to kind of scale back for a minute. Um, And like Brian said, I did start the program in East Texas and then brought it to Houston, Texas, thinking it would be the same and it would look the same and it did not. And so I had to scale back for a minute and then see, and then kind of list my strengths and my weaknesses. And then I ident- identified I needed a team. And that has been the pivotal moment for my for the organization. And I don't even like to say my organization for the organization, because I had to gather women um, and other collaborations so that we could become a team that I wasn't skilled at doing some of the things that other women were. And we built a volunteer team. Um I realized that I didn't have the same skill sets and life experiences to speak with boys and young um, teen boys that I did with teen girls. And so I had to kind of separate that from my mentor, from my outreach program where I can support both of them. So I had to, like, like Brian said before, identify those strengths and weaknesses so that I, that my mentor program could grow because it felt like it was stagnant. And the reason why is because I was trying to do everything myself. And then I didn't know what I could not do until I went into it in which I should have looking back, I should have sat down and said, okay, this is what I'm going to do with the team program, the mentor program. And this is what I'm going to do with the outreach program. I did not do that because I wanted to save the world. Um, So it has been beneficial for me in self-development is identifying both of those. Um, And now I'm able to service um, girls and boys in two components of building bridges. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's so uh, key. Uh, key component of it is the awareness that it took. And I know, uh, Bridget, we've talked about that many times. Just you know, um, that especially I want to save the world piece, right? And if there's an- another thing that I want to bring in right now, when we talk about entrepreneurs, and especially in those early stages of, of starting any type of business or organization, uh, as Bridget mentioned a moment ago, I want to do it all. You know, have these grand ideas of all these various things that you really want to get into. And then, but how do you pare that down? And around, I'm going to throw that question to you in just a second, because I think that's a key component that we need to really start to look at is how do you pare that down in a way so that because getting a more, it doesn't necessarily have to be a singular focus where it's one thing, but you've got to be able to narrow that focus because that's what's going to generate the traction that you need to really start to move yourself forward. Around the world, would you like to share about that? It's, it's a great question. And we're probably going to challenge some um, some paradigms, but I think in this case, when you think it through, they, they actually do fit together. They don't conflict. You know, when we talk about multiple streams of income and whatnot, uh, once again, what, what do my coaches share it with me? And for those of you who are, who are listening and you've heard me say this before, I've come to realize I don't know everything. And sometimes one of the smartest things I can do is get coached by people who know stuff I don't know. All right. So I'm a strong advocate for uh, getting coached. Um, And and interestingly enough, what about my coaches share with with us that uh, he has absolutely no issues with being a serial entrepreneur. He has an issue with being a simultaneous entrepreneur. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) 
And I find, uh, especially, you, you know, I mentioned my work in oil and gas. I was a buyer, a corporate buyer for Shell for Shell Oil Company. And um, I'd go to networking events. And the, the first thing that someone would do to tell me they weren't serious is to give me four business cards. <laughs> right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because first, it's, it's, it's like when you think about talking to people, uh, and typically most of us do this, you know, we go into the department store, we go into the grocery store for one thing. The fact that it happens to be the department store, it's like, okay, we got some options, but we go in for one thing. All right. Maybe over time, you, you know, we collect a list of things, but the, the, the human mind really and truly focuses best on one thing at a time and then move to the next. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest issues I've found, um, you know, especially when we start talking about get in where you fit in and we start talking about all these other kinds of things, it's you abort an amazing effort because you don't persevere to get to the finish line. So now it's about doing what you can to make money only to realize you're not making money. I, I, I've worked with so many people where you look at their portfolio, they're doing so many things. They have a large staff, but they're still um, not bringing any money home personally because they're not making profit or margin on any one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still taking money out the house to cover the business. They're still you know, one, 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 one potential missed payment from being bankrupt. And it's like, my goodness, <laughs> where is the focus here? So what I would say is the biggest challenge to, to what you, what you asked, Brian, was just the clarity to focus on one thing, get it successful before you move to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's a very true thing. Bridget, what, what, anything you want to add on to that? Um, I agree with 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 Randall said, even in an organization, in a nonprofit, in any type of um, mentored outreach program, you do have to, you know, be um, be successful in one before you go into the other. And like I said, with my experiences, I wanted to do everything. So I thought everything could be successful at the same time. And then when it wasn't, I was like, OK, so what am I doing wrong? And what I was doing wrong is I didn't take one step at a time. I just started gathering all my ideas and just pushing them out there. Um, and so I absolutely agree with Randall. Yeah, agree. So I think a lot of that too has to do with uh, just planning, just overall. Mm -hmm. and, and but and then it, it ties back to knowing what your vision and your purpose is. It, you know, then taking the time to plan for that. And then Randall, one of the things that um, I know we've talked about before is, you know, the importance of a business plan, having a some type of structure uh, like that from a business planning standpoint. Uh, what would you like to share with our audience regarding how you see that as being a key component and a key piece? Because not only does it help the business, but it it should sh start to shine some light on your personal strengths, your personal weaknesses as well, because you're looking at that business plan going, well, I, I know what that is, or I know what it's about, but I, it's not something I can do or I can do alone. So it kind of gives you a, a roadmap of not only business development things, but uh, personal things that you might need to work on. I'm going to go off the reservation a little bit here. Okay. <laughs> so, so bear with me. All right. Um, I mentioned to you, I'm in a pay it forward phase of my life, but I'm beginning to undo a lot of the, what I'll call uh, trauma and chaos that has been nurtured 
into me. Okay. Uh, a, a lot of the things that I believe were required to be successful. You know, every time you go into um, 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 Fortune magazine or Cura or any of these things, you know, the top ten success traits, uh, success traits of entrepreneurs, of CEOs. And you, you know, we all get programmed with all these things we must do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you all recall uh, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life, because I love the way you've said it, Brian, a a number of times, Uh, being purposeful, having a a, a mission, uh, honoring what's natural for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. One of the big things that I had to do, and my life has come full circle in this regard, was realizing that a lot of what I went through prepared me for this moment. And I actually am excited to wake up in the morning. doing what I love to do, which is helping others. I didn't know I loved it because I, I, I um, um, this is an inaccurate term, but I think our audience is probably going to resonate with it. As much as I run my mouth, I'm actually an introvert. Mm. <laughs> I really am. Mm. Uh, I can only be around people for so long before it drains energy from me and I have to retreat. I can be in a big room with a thousand people and be happy off in a corner somewhere, hoping no one notices me. (laughs) And so when we start talking about building the business and, and really honoring what's natural for me, I had to think through, okay, what can I pour myself into? And it also goes back to what you and Bridget both have said around surrounding yourself with people who can do the things that you're not good at, who love doing that, whose natural gift those things are, and honoring their input and filling out uh, filling out and expressing what the mission, vision, and purpose is of the organization. It's like, yes, you can start a janitorial supply shop. You can start an AI, an artificial intelligence agency, you can start a biotech or biomed firm. You can, you know, open a beauty shop. You can do whatever. But what's your why? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. If you can zero in on your why, then all those other pieces um, become a bit more obvious to you in terms of uh, what they are, how they support, what it is you want to contribute and your ability to then come back and see who has gifts that are aligned with that why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautifully said, Ronald. That's absolutely true. Bridget, I, I see your head nodding, so I know you have Because some. everything he said was so on point. Um, first of all, um, he kind of stepped on my toes when he talked about purpose, because when I started the mentor program, I was pretty much driven by the numbers. Okay, Mm -hmm. so if I had a group or I advertised myself to death about a certain skill or a certain um, topic that we were going to do that month, if you know, if four girls showed up, then that deemed to me that this program is not successful, right? Um, Or if I had an interest meeting and I told my girls to invite a girl and I had all these different um, rewards or or incentives if they would invite someone and then maybe 10 girls showed up. 
that drove me, you know, in terms of how successful the, the program was. Right. And so with the business plan, before I even applied for the 501C, I had to create a business plan um, and get a summary of, you know, my expenses and all the other things that I had to do. But the business plan, the summary of the, the program was to pour, essentially pour into these girls and, and these boys and build and empower. None of it had anything to do with the number of people. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had to collaborate with some other mentor programs. Um, and by talking with those other programs and even my mentees, um, they had to go back and say, what is your why? Did you have a number in your head? And I was like, no, I just want to do this. I just want to empower. I just want to help everybody. Well, then did you have a number? No, I didn't care. So why do you care now? Yeah. Like what is, what is it? And so like, like Randall said, every morning I get up, I could do this forever. Like it's just, it's just first nature for me. Um, and I, and when I got that in my head, in my volunteers, even my volunteers had to tell me, which kind of made me feel I was in my feelings, you know, because they were like, well, you're not making us feel encouraged because you're sitting here wondering and worrying how many girls. I promise you, I would go, but do you think I should cancel? Do you think I should? You know, and they were like, well, Richard, this is your program. Why? If you're not motivated, how are we going to be motivated? And so. I had to kind of regroup and, and, and figure out my why and my purpose. And it won't won't look like 10 people, uh, 15 girls, 20 girls, 30 girls. It'll look like the purpose. And so that kind of reassures me now. And so now I don't even think about the number. If, they, if one show up, that's the one that needs to be there. There you go. Absolutely. And, I'll, and Bridget, I know we've talked about that in the past, too. Um, you know, the, having that one you know, because there was, I think, a period of time when you were saying the number of girls showing up was going down, right? And you were trying to get, get that sorted out. Uh, and I think that's an important piece of it, right? To have a, a, an understanding of, uh, you know, that one is the one you need to be focused on. Have appreciation, give the energy, the focus, the effort to, to that individual because that, they're, they're there and that's what matters, right? So that's getting out of your own way, getting out of your own head, making, making it not so much about you but about what your actual purpose, which is to help the individuals uh, that are there. And it benefited me. Excuse me. um, Sorry for interrupting. It benefited me when I then moved this program to Houston because it didn't look like the program in Nacogdoches, right? It was not a, it became a, it was a mentor program, but it was stationed in shelters, homeless shelters, right? So Mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to get there. And so I had to come into it with a mindset with the directors and the people, the youth workers. They were like, well, I don't know how many girls are going to show because they don't really have to come. They have to sign up to be a part of this program. They don't have to come all the time. So I had to have the mindset. Oh, it doesn't matter how many girls come. So just imagine if I had still been in that set, that mindset, well, if it's one girl, I probably won't show up. You know, stuff like that. If I would have stuck to that and going in, when God was moving me into Houston and doing this in a totally different way. If I would have been in that mindset, well, if two girls show up, I'm not going to come. Well, call me if you know how many girls are going to be there. So I had to go into it. Well, it doesn't matter how many girls come. How many girls come? That's who needs to be here. And they really, the youth workers and the directors at these different um, group homes, because I started out at group homes, they really, you know, they really like it, my my attitude. Mm-hmm. And so it, it benefited me a lot to, to change my mindset. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Brian, if, if I might. Um, yeah, go ahead. 
Um, you know, for our listeners, I, I actually want them to focus on a couple of things. Your initial question was definitely spot on in terms of the need for a business plan. I, I didn't specifically answer your question, <laughs> but but what I want to uh, share with everyone is I've, I don't know, drafted in my life, I don't know, 150, 200 different business plans. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, business plans are important, but I can tell you firsthand that uh, I've written business plans because I thought they'd make money. I wrote business plans because I was helping someone. Uh, my, the business plans that I put together weren't, as Bridget just mentioned, designed around a purpose that allowed me to uh, first, you know, honestly assess the business plan because we all get to a point, you, you know, when times get tough. Um, you know, you need to have a business that you believe in because that is precisely the time where your belief in the business is going to see you through. I mean, you, you know, with the pandemic and other kinds of things, we're watching a lot of business plans that went south for a whole host of reasons. OK, and, and I'm not saying that because you believe in it, it's going to be um, uh, uh, foolproof or or, or it, it won't fail. That's not my point at all. But it is amazing. You, you know, all of us that are. um, um, um Donnie McClurkin fans, we fall down, but we get up. <laughs> and in business, oftentimes it really and truly is about how many times you got up. Got up yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, yes, the business plan is important. And if you can link that business plan to a why, to a purpose, now it becomes something other than wasted effort. It looks like something that was worthy of the, the, the hours and the sacrifice and the 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 choices that you make you know with the uncertainty that you face was like you know i know that uh there are going to be dark days ahead definitely things beyond my control but and bridget you said it perfectly you can look at the impact you make even if just one person shows up <laughs> yeah. yeah one of the things that i always uh share with people is um don't overlook the power of one cell mm. mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're staring down books and we need 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 and whatnot. We get a $30 sale <laughs> and we immediately say, OK, that, that was great, but it wasn't enough. And, mm -hmm. But it's like when you know that that sale was to somebody that was looking for what you offer, you, you, you know, um, lift that sale up, edify that sale. It's like, OK, all right. What do I need to do to get more people like this? If one person is, is interested, there's got to be a thousand. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's the right mindset to have, too. Uh, and that's, I want to transition to kind of talking a little bit about mindsets. But before we do that, I want to stay on this thing when we're talking about um, purpose, right? Because I think that's important. And for me and, and, and for those of you out there who may know, I have created a master class and I'll pop this up really quick. And it's the whole ascent is really an acronym for uh, the modules within the class. So aspiration, spark, commitment, evolution, navigation, transcendence. And I really want to just pop that up and, and go back to talk about what spark means. And so that whole the whole spark module within the master class is focused to your why. That's what it's about. But then I, I drill it down one more level because we we, we it, sometimes I can not say that defining your why is easy. 
But sometimes I think you have to dig a little bit deeper. Okay, I have my why, but then I go to the next level of that and I say, what's the why now about? I mean, you you probably have had this idea or this thought or whatever it might be brewing in you for a while. But what is it? Why is it today, right now, mm-hmm. in this moment, you are really ready to do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then figuring out what that is, because that's the true motivation of it. And then that's why I start to ask questions within that, which are, are you doing, is the why, and the why now, something within you, or is it external, right? And then, you know, and then that becomes an, another level of it that you really need to think about. Because if you're doing it to try to satisfy someone else or something else uh, to present yourself in a different way that's not really true to yourself, then you need to identify that too. And so it really digs deep into those different things. So uh, anyone in the audience who might be interested, uh, ascentmasterclass.com, you can check it out. And you can actually do the first module, which is aspirations, and get that all sorted out. And the second module, which is spark, uh, no obligation, no cost to you. Uh, just to at least get that foundation laid down. But that's a key piece of, as you said, Randall, is to really figure out what your why is. And again, as I said, what's the why now, that that true fire that you feel is under you at that moment and where that's coming from. It's great you you offer that, Brian. I think most of us, I, I alluded to this earlier, don't really understand the power of what's been nurtured into us that goes against our nature. And I'm just going to start with primary education. Most people forget that the purpose of primary education was for creating a generation of employees. Correct. The curriculum is not by accident. It is designed for our children, for us, and and even um, college education to get jobs. That's why it's not by accident that a lot of the universities and school systems are sponsored by corporations. And it's pretty fascinating when you go back um, in the early 60s when um, we didn't. And and this is not an anti-education pitch. It's an observation. It's amazing to me how many of us were artisans that we went into business out of necessity. Okay, Um, there were a number of black lawyers and doctors and butchers and carpenters and of uh, Smiths, you know, blacksmiths and 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 pastry chefs and whatnot. You know, when we start talking about the Black Wall Street, and and we see this more so now in a lot of the Asian communities because we can go into Chinatown and Koreatown and other things, and we see the level of entrepreneurship and all these other kinds of things, and we see that when they matriculate through education, it is geared towards some some entrepreneurial or other type of effort, and so. One of the big things we have, which is why I love that you you actually focus in the Ascent Masterclass that, um, you know, not only the why, but why now, because it's a conscious recognition that I may need to abandon a lot of what's been programmed into me. I may need to liberate myself. I may need to free myself. So I have clarity around why now is really important and how do I really and truly maximize this period and how do I let go of things that are going to hold me back because what might have worked for my boss at work, what might have worked for the person who had this uh, business that I was working for, what might have worked for my brother and uncle may not actually be something that works for me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. Bridget, what about you? Anything you want to add on that before we transition to the next thing? 
Oh, no, he said it all. I'm okay. just sitting here being a student myself. I'm just putting, <laughs> breathing it all in. So the other piece I want to talk about, Randall, I know you, you can definitely uh, share some wisdom as far as this goes. Um, building a network of mentors and peers as you uh, grow yourself and also grow your business. What's the value of that? How about you give us some, some background and some some thoughts on that whole piece of it? It's one of those things. Um, I, I hate to sound like I'm going off on the woo-woo end and whatnot, but the only reason I, 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 I'm stressing to our audience the importance of this is, you know, first, thine own self be true. Mm -hmm. And when you honor that, you begin to understand that most things don't happen by accident. The, the, the Lord, the universe, a higher power has got a design for you and a plan of, on your life. And so to get at your specific question, Brian, it's not by accident that I'm here today. Right. Okay. Now, in my vision board last year, I could have said, you, you know, be on a hundred podcasts, <laughs> be on a hundred YouTube lives. Yeah, I, I could have done that. <clears throat> and that could have been the universe uh, conspiring to make that happen in order for me to further the purpose. The the other thing, um, you, you, you know, Brian, I don't think a lot of folks know our backstory. Um, Br Brian and I are um, quasi-related. Re we we actually are like actual blood brothers, quite frankly. Uh, we're just lacking the blood. <laughs> That's right, yes. And somehow or another, we, we just connected on a level. It didn't require... Uh, <clears throat> that we spend hours and hours of conversation. It didn't require that um, uh, we, we we needed to have some seminal event that, you, you know, further solidified that we're going to be joined at the hips from this point forward. We kind of just knew that there was something there that we both cherished and honored. And it's, it's, it's maintained regardless to the frequency in which we speak. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's one of those things where when you start talking about surrounding yourself with people that are supposed to have a role in your life, in your purpose, you have to be open to not who is this person, but what 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 is it that I'm supposed to take from this? Now you'll tend to have a sense of good and bad energy that's coming your way, and you'll have a good sense of um, things that take energy from you and, and things that, uh, feed you. Okay. And especially when it comes to people that, that, that instinctively will come your way. And sometimes you have to get away from the programming about, you know, this is how you pick employees and this is how you pick and then blah, 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 blah. You, you know, when you have a good sense of self, you understand energetically who starts coming your way, who's supposed to be in your life. And you have to be open to a lot of us, shut that off because we create these false choices. I, I, I can't do this because of this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. I, I can't have that person because of all this nurtured stuff that's in there. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about precisely what you said, especially if it's aligned with purpose, you have a good sense of what the universe is sending to you. You may not act on it in that moment, but it's like, first and foremost, you, you, you got to have the team. 
you got to be open to receiving. And one of the things um, that that one of my coaches challenged me on because I'm terrible at it. He said, Randall, you can't really be great at giving. Because, you know, a lot of us consider ourselves givers unless you understand and appreciate and um, uh, how to receive. Yeah. And we get into those control issues in life where, you know, we always want to be the person that's giving something because then, you know, people owe us and we're collecting favors and then they're like, nah, forget all of that. That That's nurtured chaos. All right. It really and truly becomes when you get to the purpose, you understand that nothing came your way by accident. It's not what came, it's what's the purpose that it came into your life right now. And is there a place for it in this moment or potentially, you know, down the road? Some things you, it'll be obvious you need to let go of, but uh, like, absolutely, you, you, you need to understand how to invest in relationships, how to invest in those that honor you, how to uh, recognize that nothing happens by accident and some things may be actionable in the moment. Some may not, uh, how to assume the good, the bad's going to rear its head, but you have to assume the good. Any story you hear about anyone that's really done a lot of things. It's never a straight line. It always starts with, I met this person who introduced me to this person who introduced me to this person who took me to this place that had this situation. And lo and behold, that's how I got to the mountaintop. <laughs> right. Right, absolutely right. Wow. Bridget, what would you want to? I know uh, I see your head nodding. So, what would you like to share? So shout many out? things, so many things. First of all, well, not even first of all, I, my whole this, my wheels are turning. Um, I'll say this because, and I'm not trying to piggyback up Randall, but it just it was a light bulb moment. It's like a triangle in this in this uh podcast today because we've all crossed um each other's paths way before. I don't even think way before podcasts were even invented. Um, and so you would have never told me, and I say this with Brian all the time when we're on, you would have never told me I'd be sitting in this space right now. Mm-hmm. Like when I first met Randall, definitely when I first met Brian, you would have never told me, you would have never made me believe because podcast was not on my vision board last year or the year before that. It has never been a part of the vision. Um, I always and I always say that I always thought I had it like listed what was going to happen in my life in the next five years and the next 10 years. None of this that is happening was on there. I'll just start there. So when I first started um, thinking about starting a mentor program, I started write, reading books. Right. And they told me what to do. You have how to start it. You write a business plan and after you do all that, you get a mentor, someone that's been, you know, just doing what you want to do or successful in what you wanted to do. And then you do this other thing. So after I got the program started, got the business plan, got the 501C, then it was time for me to get a mentor. And that was the hardest part for me. I'm going to tell you two reasons why. First of all, I'll be very transparent in networking in a mentor program. When I started to look at mentor programs, I was in my feelings and I was like, oh, they're doing a lot more than I'm doing or they're doing something that, you know, I, I, I didn't even think about doing that. So I started getting really intimidated. Right. So I didn't reach out to anybody. Because I'm like, well, I think I need to do a little bit more first before I start reaching out to people. They may ask me, so so what are you doing? And then I have to say, you know, in other words, not as much as you're doing, you know, but that's that was in my own mind. Right. So 
I kind of said, okay, God, what is this mentor going to look like for me? And he laid it out in collaborations with community outreach programs. And he laid it out in podcast topics. And he laid it out in, even in this triangle, right? So I didn't get a mentor mentor because when I did reach out to mentors, they would say, okay, well, I'm going to get back with you and we're going to set up something. It never happened. And so I always had to go back and say, well, God, why are they not contacting me? Um, and, but he started laying it out in different areas and in different forms. And so I could see that now, listening to what Randall was saying, I could see that now that he laid it out in that way. And by the podcast and the different topics that we've talked about throughout the this whole year, um, even with this one, and then the collaborations that I've made in the community that may not have been doing the same thing that I was doing, but could lead me and guide me on how to outreach in the community and how to build um, the mentees and empower mentees um, in different areas. And so for me, networking has really, really helped me in this last year, especially. And it's mm -hmm. very important. And so now people have asked me to mentor and, and I'm like, well, why did that happen? <laughs> um, you know, um, but I guess I'm built for it. And so I, I really am grateful. I really am grateful. I'm grateful for today. Just want to let y'all know that. I'm so, grateful for today, for the little triangle. That's what I'm making, a triangle. I'm so grateful for that. Try it. Try it. I love it. Bridget, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and I want to I want to jump in there, too, because I think it's important that we all um, have shown some gratitude and social, social appreciation for the journey, right? And, and Bridget, we talk about that a lot of the times. We get so tunnel vision and so focused on, I got to have this, the outcome's got to be here, got to make, got to make this mark, those kinds of things. And we lose sight of the journey itself, you know? And I think that's a key component to your success, your mindset, your attitude, especially, um, because if you are missing those marks, it's not moving as fast or going in the direction as quickly as you think it should, uh, that can weigh on you. You can start to lose your focus. You can start to become uh, somewhat negative about, you know, well, maybe I need to change it up. No, stay committed to what it is that you that you have. You've got a, a solid why and all the things we've talked about already. Those foundations are there. If you built the right team, you've got some people behind you that truly believe and they're on board to say, let's get this done. Sometimes you just got to ride it out and it, it, it might not happen overnight. Uh, and most times it doesn't. The bigger things, you know, if you've ever seen that picture of uh, Bezos in his, in his garage with this messy desk, you know, when he started, started Amazon, I mean, you're like, that's where it all started. Seriously. Right. Um, but more. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, but it takes time and, that, and that, that's what you have to do is just stay committed, keep focused. And it goes back to what Rondo said a little while ago too. the person that hands him, you know, four business cards. And that's because they've lost that fold. The one thing wasn't going as fast. So, well, let's try this thing. And then, uh, well, let's, you know, no, well, let's try this thing. Right. So now you're down all these different roads and you don't have enough focus on the one thing that'll probably actually get you to where you need to be. Uh, Ryan, I want to go back and touch on something that you said, and, and, and it was quick, but I caught it, and I think it's be beneficial for our audience. Obviously, in what you do, you help coach, you help guide other entities, other people, other entrepreneurs, foundations, organizations, et cetera, right? But I heard a key component there, and that was that you have a coach. So coaching the coach, and that's something I want to talk about. I want you to share a little bit about that experience and, and why that is, because I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot 
to understand that just because you are in that position of leadership and you know you're the bus driver per se that doesn't mean that you can't have a senior bus driver still teaching you the game so how about you share a little bit about that and and thanks for that brian i think one of the biggest misconceptions that i had to overcome is, you know, we talk about the concept of uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. We talk about um, the school of hard knocks. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some people to say, you, you know, everything I learned in life, I never learned from a book. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interestingly enough, every day we wake up, we should be learning something. Should be. All right. Yeah. Um, I tend to believe that, you know, learning equals growth in life. You know, if you're growing, you're living. If you're not growing, you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, you're dying because everything else is passing you by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> OK, now some may disagree with me on that, but that that's kind of the way I pursue it. And. My second thing is, I mean, especially in, in our generation at the in these times, so much is changing every day. I, I mean, I, I hate to sound like I'm my parents. It's like, you know, this, this generation is like you. All, but I mean, we're watching this. I mean, you think about what we've seen, just 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 us alone with the uh, internet and microwaves and computers and mobile phones. Uh, like uh, the three of us grew up with party lines and people talk to uh, talk to <laughs> folks and like, well, what's a party line? It, you know, and, and, and our parents didn't have a phone. Okay? Right. <laughs> they they literally wrote letters. All right? And people now are like, what's a fax? <laughs> yeah. okay. It's a digital way of communicating a letter. Right? <laughs> right. Man's tall scan. And and in in recognizing that and honoring that, you know, first, I don't know everything there is to know. All right. Secondly, my gifts in nature oftentimes definitionally has leadership blind spots. Mm. Because I have been at this long enough to know that what worked for someone else isn't necessarily going to work for me. I really and truly have to figure out what works for me, but I can listen to other people who have gifts, strengths, and experiences that I don't have to bounce things off or to coach me. I can take concepts from others and integrate that into what I want to do. It's when I'm foolish to, uh, to believe that I don't need that, that I set myself up for maximum potential failure. And it has nothing to do with whether I'm self-made, whether I believe in myself. I believe in myself enough to know that I need input from folks who can offer a perspective I don't currently have. And so I will always have a coach. Mm -hmm. All right. It's it, it's one of those things, you know, uh, imagine a, a professional sports team without somebody who can call the time out and figure out what the play is in the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
All right. You know, we, we're in basketball season right now, and it's like everybody knows everybody's plays in basketball. That's mm-hmm. not the issue. <laughs> the issue was, you, you know, when the coaches pulled up the game plan, did they really understand the environment that was going on? And then they call up a game plan and did the scouts go out and see what needed to go on? And then in the middle of the game, did somebody, you know, make the right adjustments? So, you know, it's hard for us to play the game and make the adjustments, you know, play the game and figure out the adjustments. I give you another analogy and it was the best one I heard. I was on a uh, 757 um, Boeing airplane flying from Houston to um, uh, Boston. This was during the days when the cockpit was open. And I saw the pilot and the co-pilot just sitting there. <clears throat> so we <clears throat> we land and I asked them, I said, were you guys actually flying the plane? He goes, actually, no. He said, the computer flies the plane. That gives us the ability to manage the flight. So while we're in the middle of running our businesses and doing all these other kinds of things, getting a coach actually helps you to manage the flight. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I don't recommend having more than um, two because some can do different things for you. And oh, by the way, if you think about the idea of coaching, um, coaching is someone sharing with you things that you need to do so that you can run the plays yourself. Absolutely. Okay. Coaching is not about telling you what to do. Coaching is about helping you to understand the principles and the philosophies. Uh, And once you get those, you figure out how to make them work and then you execute. (laughs) And I am a big fan of uh, of coaching. I think if you're in business, you need to find you a business coach that you can um, trust. I think you should invest in learning. I, one of the, you know, most of the CEOs will tell you, you know, what books they're reading in any given week because uh, they they recognize what we just talked about a moment ago that things are changing, the competitive landscape is changing. So imagine with all the things that are coming at us technologically, socially, you throw in ESG, climate change, you throw in all these other kinds of things. And it's like, if you aren't learning and if you're not being coached up, you're setting your business up to be left behind. You're setting your vision and your purpose to not be fully uh, materialized because you didn't make the adjustments you need in order to ensure that the key critical core thing that you're working on is reaching the people you want it to reach because you just wouldn't, 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 wouldn't get the extra support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry about the long-winded answer. No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely right. Bridget, anything you want to add on to that before we transition to the next thing? No, I'm just making notes. Thank you, Randall. I'm just making notes. So I want to, Randall, you you touched on so much. So I want to unpack some of these things and then we'll move on to the next thing I want to talk about. So having a coach, I think, is key. And as you say, you make the sports analogy or flying the plane, you know, and the pilot's really there to, well, that needs to be adjusted. I'll push that button. Um, but, you know, for the most part, it's kind of on autopilot. And that's really what you want to try to evolve yourself to be. And having a coach or two to help you down the road is important. Uh, you mentioned the word adjustments, though. And I, I want to bring that in from this level. Um, being open and being adaptable as a leader, as the, the entrepreneur, uh, as a, the, the person who's in charge, I think a critical component 
to your success individually and then the organization's growth and success. Because let's let me run down some names: uh, Blockbuster, Tower Records, Montgomery Awards, Sears, and many others who were very well established entities, but because the, the leadership of those entities was closed-minded in their approach to the future, their adaptability to new, new technologies, et cetera, et cetera. They no longer exist, right? Uh, and and they're, they're just, you know, disappearing off the landscape. So I think that's a key component to it. You do have to be uh, adjustments, make those adjustments along the way, but definitely be open, be adaptable, be flexible, to the landscape and make yourself aware, as you said, around little different CEOs or reading different books for that purpose to what is gonna be the next trend? Where are things moving? AI right now is blowing everybody's minds, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, we don't know, we don't know. We know what it can do today, but as things scale, what will AI be in five years, right? That's where you as the leader, the entrepreneur, uh, have to kind of try to put yourself into that mindset. So that's a key piece that I wanted to, to bring in there and just kind of wrap up with that. Around what have been some of the things that you have seen, um, especially when you're either coaching or, or mentoring uh, a leader of an organization to have their mindset be open, adaptable, say, yeah, we know this is the business plan, and but this is today's business plan because that business plan might need to morph in some way five years from now. What tools and traits and then different things do you kind of feed them so that they're open and adaptable to that? I, I share with folks the, I have three jobs. Uh, CFO, chief funds officer, because <laughs> I got to figure out how to, how to get this venture, you, you know, funded and, and paid for. <laughs> All right. Um, CTO, Chief Talent Officer, hmm. and this one gets it specifically what you 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 mentioned, Brian. Is I need to master the ability to find people that are smarter and better at the things that I'm not good at or don't want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and CBO, Chief Brand Officer. Uh, no one should be able to articulate the business better than me, because if I don't believe it and I can't sell it, then Lord knows we in trouble. <laughs> it's my vision. It's my purpose. Okay. So when we come back to the, the talent piece, uh, that one's huge because most talent mistakes, the, the whole diversity, equity and inclusion piece and, and for our audience purposes, uh, I think equity is an imprecise uh, adaptation for the word equal opportunity, because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe that um, <clears throat> in the world we're going to have equal outcomes. I don't believe John Stockton and Michael Jordan were destined for equal outcomes, although they had equal opportunity in the NBA. <laughs> okay they had different gifts <laughs> okay <clears throat> and so you know equal opportunity for the for for the three of us that was a huge hurdle 
and we still argue that sometimes that's an issue, access to capital, so forth and so on, uh, you know, redlining, other kinds of things we see going on, you, you know, there's still work to do. OK, we're, we're, we're not uh, <clears throat> post equality at this point, but um, this talent piece. And this is some of the work that I've worked on quite a bit in the last 12 months. I did not have a full appreciation of the perniciousness in which we have undermined our natural abilities, our natural gifts. You know, we talked about it a moment ago that a lot of things are nurtured into us and it affects our decision making. It affects who we pick on teams. It affects how we staff and hire in organizations. It affects how we socialize. We, you know, most people have started to assume that when you said like me, it means, you know, you went to the same country club, you know, your kids play t-ball together, you go to the same church, you're in the same fraternity or sorority. And that's a superficial idea of like me. Okay. You get into the more in-depth version of like me. Um, and you start looking at what it looks like in nature. And we always use the examples in the, in the training that I've gone through, you know, look at animals, animals operate in nature. Uh, and it's like, we don't expect uh, a giraffe to be an elephant. Somebody would say you're silly. All right. Uh, we wouldn't expect a bunny rabbit to be a lion. Mm -hmm. Okay. We, 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 we just don't. But in our society, we look at someone and we say, you know, you too can be the leader of that organization. You just need to learn the skills that the current leader has and you too can get that promotion. You can you can advance through the corporate. You know, we, we look for these specific types of things and we do that at the expense of whether or not what it takes to get to that point is natural for that individual. And we don't design organizations around what's natural for the in individual. If you take this um, uh, as a car analogy, you know, we like to talk about Ferraris and Hummers. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of us in the corporate world and in business uh, are, are, are Hummers. We're designed to be off-road. We get it done. We take the hill. You put us on the battlefield and we will make sure that the, that the war is won. All right. We find ourselves in Ferrari organizations that are high-speed sprint uh, vehicles designed for, for Autobahns, mm -hmm. okay? Straight line. And, 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 of course, we get burned out. <laughs> We're Hummers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right? Mm -hmm. And then others are in Hummer organizations, and then you get these Ferraris coming through, and all of a sudden, they crash and burn and get stuck because they were never meant to be off-road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and so you think about all of the um, the um, the attributes that are nurtured into you that um, cause things like midlife crisis where you hit the wall, where you just say, I can't do this anymore. There's got to be something better. There's got to be something different. There's got to be something when I wake up, kind of like you said, Bridget, that I, I want to do it excites me and it leverages my natural attributes and skills and capabilities okay and so the question becomes how do you actually identify those because lord knows as a society 
we oftentimes uh, will see what's natural in, in somebody and say, you can't make money at that and move them in another direction. Mm-hmm. You'll never be successful at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got a lot of built-in stuff to actually uh, preclude people engaging in what's natural for them. And then it's like, okay, taking what's natural for me, how do I now adapt that to what I want to do, what people are sharing with me that can be done to have uh, what we like to call a life of grace and ease, okay? That's not to say you won't have struggle and challenges, but Lord knows I feel better about going to struggles and challenges when I was true to myself. And in this case, my natural self. I can sleep well at night, okay? Uh, and then what, once I have a good sense of that, how do I now begin to, to, you know, to your question earlier, Brian, about networking, how then do I begin to start looking at people who can help me? Because I'm honest with myself about my limitations, my gifts, what's natural for me, what's not natural for me. So of all the things I know that needs to be done when I'm putting the business plan, everything together, and when I'm networking, I now have a better sense of the people that need to be on my team based on what I understand to be their natural gifts. Because if everybody on my team is operating in their natural gifts, then what we do in a given day is the easiest, most natural thing we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely right. No, well, very well said, Ronald. And I, I think that's a key piece to it is we we do ourselves a disservice because of, as you said, our upbringings and the things that are pre-programmed into us over the years. Uh, you, they just can't make money at that. You're not going to be successful at this. And we redirect uh, a, a lot of the times. And for us as entrepreneurs, you know, organizations, you know, Bridget's got her organization going. I'm sure that there have been moments where someone has said, you're going to do what? Well, why? Oh, I don't understand. Or you'll never be successful at that. But you have to have the fortitude to stick to what? Your why, your purpose, and have have that drive you through it. Uh, and that goes back to a couple of last things I want to touch on before we wrap up for today. What? what, what? One one second, if you don't mind, Brian, I apologize for interrupting. No. Uh, We have to have grace for people who tell us we can't do things because they're more often than not are projecting. Mm -hmm. All right. And and the issue is what they're saying, they may be saying with all due humility and honesty, but it's based on their life experiences and what may have been natural for them, which may not and most likely isn't going to hold true for you. What we know is with 7.5 billion people on the face of this planet, no two are alike. Correct. Our vehicle um, is as unique as our thumbprint. Yep. (laughs) Okay. There's an assessment you can take to figure yours out. And once you understand that, you can actually unlock the keys to, once again, optimizing your vehicle, what what it means, how it works. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're not only unique individuals, but uh, what I want to add on top of that is we are each also on our own unique journey uh, as we work our way through life. Right. Absolutely. You you know, one thing you mentioned earlier, Randall, was you're talking about this person introduced me to that person who took me to this organization, who led me to this company. Uh, We are always one, literally one step away from evolving to a place or a space that we had no idea that we would be in right from a, and so that's the thing is your unique journey is is strictly yours who you know who you meet why you meet them where you end up is that's going to be your path 
-hmm. and no one can 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 it can't be duplicated and no one can actually take that away from you unless you allow them to do so and that's what i want to get back to is just the minds having the right mindset and attitude also i think plays a, a key component to that bridget what do you want to chime in because i know one of the things we talk about a lot is mindset and attitude right and, and it goes back to what i was saying about and what you were saying about the journey and how i thought it was going to look versus how it actually played out and even i want to just give an example well two things what randall said when i when i went to a I was at a church and I told the pastor's wife, right? Cause I was starting a teen girls program. So she was well known in the, in that community. So I thought I would just kind of, you know, market it through her and see what she had ideas. And I was so excited about this meeting with her. What she told me was, and I remember it like it just happened. She said, isn't somebody doing that already? And I was like, what does that have to do with what we're talking about right now? Okay. But the sad part was nobody was doing this already. Um, mm -hmm. And so I said, well, no, I don't think so. But now I'm new to this to this community. So I don't know, but I'm pretty sure because it's a small town that I would know if they were. Um, and a lot of people were saying, you should do this because it was a community with people that always said someone else should do it and nothing was ever done. And so it kind of I was kind of discouraged at first, but then I had to remember my why in the purpose and the vision that God had given me. And so I didn't back down. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is um, <laughs> empowerment is so such a big word, right? It comes with a lot of responsibilities. And I had to be willing to adapt to change through this whole outreach um, and mentor uh, journey that I'm on, right? Um, I didn't know how I was going to um, be introduced to the community. And it's a, God has a funny way of showing you some, you know, leading you down some paths, right? And you're like, well, where am I going? Because I wanted to be in the community. I already had it figured out what I was going to do. And then someone, um, a church I, I belonged to when I was a child, asked me would I be a part of a toy drive. And I was like, well, okay. And at, and at that toy drive, I was introduced to all these community programs. Now, I had no idea that I would be introduced to community programs at a toy drive. So that led, you know, to, to more collaborations. And like I said, the journey, you just never, like you said, Brian, you never know what one path and one person going to lead to another path. And I didn't really have to do anything but um, purchase toys and then show up at the toy drive. And then it led me to a list of networking um, um, opportunities. Um, and then another thing I want to say about changing when you're working with teen girls, you have to absolutely be willing to change with the needs of teens because they change so much. Mm -hmm. I'll go I'll, social media four years ago when I started this program was not the number one influencer for teens lives, period. Mm -hmm. Now, everything that they filter comes through social media. Everything that they do daily comes from social media. Um, so I've had to adapt to change in that right. And then with the with the community, post-COVID, mentally, socially, physically, financially, the community had different needs than, than, post, than before COVID. Mm -hmm. So I've had to change how I present certain topics, programs. I had to change even grants that I apply for. I had to change the, the direction you know, because I've, you know, two years ago, you know, we may not have been talking about um, um, mental health 
in families and in, in having hard conversations about how it affected teenagers being at home with a lot of siblings and parents and teaching them and teaching siblings, teaching each other. And um, so a lot of uh, I had to adapt to a lot of changes. Um, that was nothing I expected. Mm-hmm. There was nothing, all of this was nothing I expected, but I had, because God had given me this vision and it was a, an empowerment came under all of that. Um, it was a big call for me. So, but, but I stepped up to the call. Absolutely. And it's still trying to do that. Still that's, trying. Right. That's, why, that's why I've been writing a lot of notes, Randall. <laughs> insight. That's exactly right. That's that's why we're here is to share some insight with our audience. So I think it's about time and Ronald used the analogy earlier about flying the plane. So how about we look at landing the plane from a final thought standpoint? Uh, what if we want to summarize or kind of leave our audience with with a final thought? And uh, Rondo, we'll start with you and then Bridget, and then I'll, I'll take the last the last round here. You know, our title was uh, self-development. And um, as I was sharing it, self-development and self-care go hand in hand. Um, You know, first of thine own self be true. Uh, But I would encourage everyone that when you begin to understand what you are in nature, the picture for those other two become crystal clear. And they become crystal clear because you know what feeds you and you know what takes energy from you. Mm-hmm. And if you have a good sense of that, um, a lot of the things that we've been programmed to talk about, um, and, and I mean, I don't mean this to be disrespectful, so I hope people give me a little grace on this. A lot of things that we've been exposed to then become tactical now we have a strategic framework unique to us mm-hmm. geared for us our purpose our mission what we're supposed to do it makes it so that we can receive what the lord and what the universe means for us however long we're supposed to have it because you know reason season lifetime still applies mm-hmm. and this the as we develop self And as we care for self, then things just grow in unimaginable ways. We leave the impact that we actually have now opened ourselves to be able to uh, generate and manifest. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Wow. Everything he said was in line with everything that um, that I wrote down. Um, Aware, care. And growth. I mean, it leads to development. I don't think um, if we have never talked about self-aware in the past, it, I wouldn't have developed to where I am now as a person. Mm-hmm. And I saw, and then I began to shed the things that did not fit anymore. And even in business, that happens. You know, you thought you want to be this person. You know, when we talk about, well, I'm a, te- I'm a teacher. So when we talk to our ninth graders about what they want to be when they graduate from high school, it, it tends to change from nine to twelve. And then even in college. I should know. I went to college for a career. I it those those that needs to change. That changes as well when we become very self aware, and you know what what fits and what does not fit. And so I would leave the audience with this: become self aware first. 
um, and care for yourself, as Randall said. And then you can you, you see the growth then and you see what doesn't fit and where you don't fit in and what doesn't fit in your life as well. Um, that's a big one for me. That's been a big one for me. Uh, absolutely. Bridget, thank you for sharing that. Randall, you as well. And I want to kind of follow right behind where you are and take it to the next level. Uh, and that's talking about, you know, self-awareness is a key. Self-care is important. Um, but also what I challenge each of you to also do is have a very clear understanding and definition of what success or successful looks like and what that means to you individually not what the world says and this book and this person but understanding what that means what is truly feeding you from a success or being successful standpoint uh and that's you as an individual and then let that also feed into if you are that entrepreneur or the leader of the organization let that feed into what the organization is all about their mission uh their their, their messages with internally how it operates all those different things because success is not always about dollars and and many other things that we get caught in those trappings of those things so i think that's a key piece of it that i wanted to bring to the table is that you just have a clear definition of what success or being successful looks like to you as an individual and not what the outside world may judge you on and then the last piece that i want to share is um when we say self-development, we go back to the very beginning of this, as Randall said, you know, we started this talking about self-development for you as an individual, but then bringing that across to business. The piece I want to look at, too, is successful but sustainable, mm. I think, is a key component. And that, that, that's the last piece I want to bring out there. So understand that, you know, you don't want it to be flash in the pan. You don't want it to be here today, gone tomorrow. You really do need to look at your development pieces uh, as well as how you bring the organization along uh, to make it sustainable. You want it to, to start, stick, and to stay. Uh, generationally, uh, it, it, it gets into things like generational wealth and many, many other things that it can actually lead to. But that sustainability piece is something that needs to be considered in all your decision making as you work your way through it. Success and sustainability are the, the two, I think, cornerstones that you want to, to build all of this on from a growth, learning, attitude, mindset standpoint as, as you work your way through. Absolutely. Brian, can I add just one small thing? I know we're wrapping up. No, that's fine. Absolutely. A, a number of our listeners are entrepreneurs. Uh, everything that we talked about uh, is for people who are not interested in entrepreneurship because it's it's not for everybody. And a lot of folks aren't interested, but everything that we talked about does help you to make decisions about promotions. Do you want that job? If you get to manage your career, which business units or organization or roles might be better for you? When are you being set up for success? When are you potentially being set up for suboptimal situations? Because I don't necessarily subscribe to failure. All right. Uh, when, when do you are you set up for that? And so how do you even make better ch choices that are aligned with your natural uh, self so that, you know, we talk about this quite a bit. Uh, work and personal life balance mm -hmm. so that you're, you're, you're not bringing the toxicity of home to work and the toxicity of work to home because nothing is aligned in your life. A lot of the self-development and self-care we talked about is for those of you who uh, hadn't gotten into entrepreneurship, 
aren't even thinking about it, uh, this still applies. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. 100%. Thank, thank you for sharing, Randall. Randall, thank you for joining. This has been a phenomenal session today. Uh, thank you for having me. This was yeah, great. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think we all did. I, I think we all uh, learned quite Definitely. a bit today. And lots of notes here, and hopefully our audience also uh, captured some of the notes. And the essence of what we really wanted to bring, and that is that the importance of self-awareness, uh, truly knowing where are your strengths, your weaknesses, your natural gifts. As that, that's that old saying: if you know you do something for a living and it's your natural gift and you love it you really actually never work a day in your life because you're, you're doing something that's a labor of love and a passion and, and it naturally fits to you. And that's what we really want to help you uh, become aware of and identify so that you can start to drive your, your life in that particular way, get to that place of balance, harmony, and, and, and not have all, as Randall said, I'm on those toxic things going back and forth in your life because that can really be a drain on you in, in many different ways and many different levels. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Bridget, thank you. Randall, thank you to our audience that uh, stuck with us through the entire session. Thank you very much. Until next time, everyone take care. I do highly encourage anyone who uh, wants to just lay a foundation for moving forward with some of the things that we talked about. Ascentmasterclass.com. Again, go through that aspirations module and that spark module. And those two, I think, will give you a concrete floor to really build and start to move your life in the direction, uh, whether it's you personally or your business, in the direction you'd like to see it go. So until next time, everyone take care. We'll see you soon. Bye now. <laughs>